0: Church, it's great to be with you today, and I hope you've had a great week. We're currently going through a series based on the book by Mike Pilavachi and Andy Croft. It's called Everyday Supernatural. It's a great book that explains how to live in the supernatural without being weird. And we would really encourage you to get a copy. It gives so much more detail than what we can provide here. And it's written with humour and it's easy to understand. So if you would like a copy and you need help getting one, please let us know. This here is my copy. You can't have it. John picked it up this week and he bent the spine thinking it was his copy and I got really mad. So now no one gets to touch my book. Anyway, this week we are looking at prophecy and hearing God speak. And we'll be unpacking that in quite a bit of detail today. So lean in and hear what God will say to you. You know, prophecy is something that I personally find so encouraging. I feel blessed when I'm able to pass on messages of hope to others. And I feel blessed when other people pass on messages to me that are from God. There are a couple of people within the church who regularly build me up with a word from God, or sometimes a Bible passage, and it really does lift my spirits and encourage me to keep going in my walk with God. In fact, just this morning, one of these ladies gave me a picture that they had seen, and it has come just at the right time for me and given me that extra boost of confidence to know that I'm on the right path and that I'm walking in the purpose God has for me. So let's begin. We're going to start by reading from 1 Corinthians 14 verses one to five. And it says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue build himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be built up. So first, let me start by explaining what Paul is saying here about speaking in tongues. John talked about this in detail last week, so go and have a watch of that if you missed it. Paul was directing his letter to the Corinthian church, who had started to use speaking in tongues as a status symbol, or as a sign of spiritual superiority. They were shouting out in tongues to basically show off to the people around them that they had this gift. Paul saw that this was causing disorder in the church. So he was explaining to them that the gift of tongues is only helpful in encouraging and building up the church if there is also an interpretation. He spells out in verse 27, that two or three people should speak out in tongues and only if they are interpreted to build up the church. Otherwise, it becomes a talent show of who has the loudest or the most complicated spiritual language. And it takes all the focus off worshiping God and off building up the church. So while speaking in tongues has its place, Paul suggests that prophecy is better because the church can understand what is being said and can immediately be encouraged and built up. So, if we return to the beginning, Paul says we are to pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Right from the start, Paul emphasises that we are to do all things out of love. This passage falls right after chapter 13, a chapter on love, which is often read at weddings and includes the words, love is patient, love is kind. Love has to be our motivation for wanting to receive and use the gifts of the Spirit. Love is our ultimate goal in loving God and loving the people around us, so it follows that any spiritual gift we receive is to give us tools to show love to others. Paul asks that we especially desire the gift of prophecy, which should be used to build people up. Verse 3 says, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Or the NIV says, everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement and comfort. This is so important for us to understand from the outset that the gift of prophecy is to be used to build up and encourage individuals or the church as a whole. So, what exactly is prophecy? When we think of a prophet, we perhaps think of someone who can tell the future, a bit like a fortune teller. Maybe we expect that God will provide us with amazing revelations of the future, and we can predict what is going to happen and stun the world with our accuracy. And that does sometimes happen, but more often a prophet is someone who simply has a message from God. A prophet is not so much a teller of the future, or a teller of fortune, but more a teller of God's truth. And while that may sometimes involve an insight into the future, we shouldn't put too much emphasis on this. The gift of prophecy, therefore, is about hearing from God and passing the message on to the person or people who need to hear it. There's a fantastic line in the book, Everyday Supernatural, that says, prophecy is not about learning techniques, it is, as with all gifts, about relationship. If we read John chapter 10, it uses the imagery of Jesus as a shepherd who cares for us as a flock. Starting at verse one, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, So this here is a picture of the sort of relationship that Jesus wants with us. He wants to be able to talk to us, for us to recognize his voice and to follow him, and for us to be in such a close relationship with him that we know that it's him speaking and will not be fooled or distracted by other voices around us. God wants to speak to us and he always has something to say. If we can't hear God, Then perhaps there's something that we need to change at our end. We need to learn and practice stillness. I think sometimes we're guilty of thinking that God doesn't speak to us when we spend a few minutes praying and get bored or distracted and then we feel disheartened that God doesn't want to speak. But I want to give you permission today to switch your phone off. It's okay to switch the telly off too and it might feel uncomfortable at first, but it's okay to lock yourself away and sit in silence, waiting and practicing how to be still. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. If we're honest with ourselves, we as a culture don't know how to be still anymore. We live such fast paced lives that we're scared to stop in case everything falls apart. Perhaps this has been a good thing about lockdown. A lot of people were forced to stop going about their usual business of work and social activities and had to be still. But this kind of stillness is one where God is the focus. Another great line from Mike and Andy's book is when they say, "The key is not in asking God to speak louder, but in our becoming quieter." We need to learn again how to still our hearts to come before God just as we are, then quieten ourselves and allow him to speak. Something I find really helpful is journaling. I sit alone when the house is quiet and I have nothing but my Bible, a notebook and pen in front of me. I might start by reading a short passage in the Bible and the Psalms are a great place to start. Then I spend a couple of minutes praying, either about something specific or perhaps praying in tongues, or I just ask God to speak to me, then I am still. Every single time, without fail, I have heard God speak. I pick up my pen and write down the words God is saying to me. I let go of what my logic is saying and listen to the voice inside me. Now, when I say I hear God's voice, I don't mean that I hear the audible voice of God as a distinct and other person. It sounds just like my own normal internal dialogue that I might have throughout the day, except it says things that I would probably never say to myself. But I write it all down without thinking too much about it. Then when I feel I've written everything, I go back and read it and check that it's in line with the Bible and the truths that I know about God. Journaling in this way is a great thing to do if you're first practicing hearing the voice of God And fairly soon you'll be able to distinguish between what are your own thoughts and what is the voice of god once we know the voice of the shepherd then he can start to use us to encourage those around us the emphasis here again is on relationship god wants to be in relationship with us and wants to work with us in showing love and support to the people around us he wants to speak it's the same as any other relationship If I meet up with a friend, I don't talk and talk and talk and talk and then say, "Okay, goodbye, see you next week. It's a two-way dialogue where I talk for a bit and they listen, and then they talk for a bit and I listen. And this is the kind of relationship and dialogue that God wants with each of us. We're so privileged to be able to speak with Almighty God in this way. So why is prophecy given as a gift? We've already said that prophecy is to build up and encourage the church, but it also glorifies God. Hearing God speak to us gives us a deeper insight into the nature and character of God. The more time I spend listening to my friends, for example, the more I understand them, I can get to know them, I get to know who they are, what makes them tick, their sense of humour, their passions and desires. So the more I hear God speak, the more i learn about his nature, his character, his desires, and what is on his heart. And if it's a message for someone else, as prophecy usually is, then they get to hear about how amazing God is. They get to know God a bit more and can draw closer to him. So if you feel God giving you a message for someone, it's really important that you consider those things. Does the message glorify God? Does it point to his love and his goodness? Does the message build up that person that you are giving it to? Does it encourage them in their walk with God? And finally, is it in line with the Bible? The Bible is the bottom line when it comes to hearing God. Prophecy is important, yes, but the Bible trumps prophecy every time. The Bible was written for all people across all nations, across all periods of time, and for all generations. Prophecy is for a particular individual, or group of people at a particular time. If the prophecy doesn't line up with what the Bible says, then the Bible wins. It is the unmovable Word of God, and it won't change or bend itself to fit in line with a message you might feel God has for you or for someone else. Prophecy enhances the word of God. It gives revelation about the word of God, and it makes the word of God relevant for today. So how does God actually speak to us? Is it like a big booming voice from heaven? Does he send letters or emails? What actually happens? We've said that we need to practice stillness to allow God the space to speak, but what does it actually look like when he speaks? The truth is that God can speak to us in so many different ways that it would be impossible to list them all. He can take anything at all in the everyday, ordinary world we live in and turn it into a message of encouragement and hope. And he speaks to us in unique, individual ways, just as he made us unique and individual beings. I'm going to look at just a few examples of how God has spoken using some stories of my own and some stories from other people. I have asked permission to share their stories. And I hope it gives you an insight into the wide variety of ways that God speaks today. The main way that God speaks is through his word, the Bible. I try to read through the whole Bible once a year, but it usually works out about once every 18 months. So I have read the Bible in its entirety several times. However, I find that every year I read things that I'm sure weren't in there before. And I believe that the Holy Spirit highlights different passages to us or gives us new revelation and insight into passages we've read before to speak into our current lives and situations. The best example of this I can give is when I was going through what was the most difficult time in my life to date. I was being accused of things in a court of law that attacked my character and was simply not true. So I was sharing my struggles with a lady who I knew to be a follower of God. And she felt God saying that I should read the book of Ruth. I'll be honest, I kind of brushed it off a bit. I thought that she was just saying that because it's my name. And I knew the story of Ruth really well with it being my namesake. But I gave it a go. And over the next few days, I began to read the book of Ruth, and honestly, it was like I'd never read it before. The first thing that struck me was that Boaz was named as Naomi's kinsman-redeemer. I looked up for what that meant, and it is a male relative who had the privilege or responsibility to act for a relative who was in trouble, danger, or need of vindication. God was saying to me that he was my kinsman-redeemer, that he was going to act on my behalf to vindicate me or bring justice to me. And the second thing that struck me was reading Ruth chapter three, verse 11, which says, and now my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All my fellow townsmen know that you are a woman of noble character. Wow, it was God speaking directly to me to say he sees me, he knows my heart, and he will step in and help me. This is perhaps the most powerful example of God speaking to me through the Bible, and one I will never forget. But the truth is that God speaks through his word all the time, and I've often had people share verses with me that they felt God wanted to say specifically to me at that moment. Hebrews 4 verse 12 tells us that the Word of God is living and active and I truly believe that this is the way God chooses to speak to his people above any other. So if you want to hear from God, I really encourage you to delve into the Bible. Another way that God regularly speaks to people is through pictures, visions and dreams. It's like seeing a picture or moving image in your mind or imagination and it will usually appear whilst you are intentionally focusing on God, or praying. At the very start of this year, me, Joanne and Jess were talking about how thinking works. One of Jess's friends had asked her if she thinks in words or pictures. Me and Jess found this really odd, because everyone thinks in pictures, don't they? And then Joanne said she thinks in words, and we were both pretty stunned. So to give you an example, if I ask you to imagine a boat on water, what do you see in your mind's eye? Me and Jess would both see a visual picture of a boat on water. Whereas Joanne sees the words as if she were reading a boat on water. And then the images will later follow on. I find it so fascinating that people think in different ways like this. Apparently 60 to 65% of people are visual thinkers. With 35 to 40 percent thinking in words, and that's not to say you can only do one or the other. It's just that most of us will have a preference or a leaning towards words or pictures. But as our conversation continued, Joanne said that when God speaks to her, it's usually in pictures, the opposite of her natural thinking. And I realized that God will usually speak to me in words. Again, really fascinating. So let me give you an example of both these things. So before Boris Johnson was elected as Prime Minister, Joanne had a dream. And in the dream, she was very ill, and she was in bed, and Boris Johnson was at her bedside and held her hand, and then he got sick too. Now looking back on this year, we can see that God gave Joanne an insight into the pandemic that we were about to face, and that Boris Johnson would be the one to lead us through it. God gives Joanne pictures and dreams to give her insight into future events. And this is not the first or last time this has happened to her, where the dreams have come to pass. The dreams are always vivid and very detailed, so she knows that they are from God. It's amazing that God uses her in this way, and she's a really useful person to have on our leadership team, as she shares her prophetic gifting with me and John. It helps us to prepare for what is ahead. It helps us to make wise decisions in the leadership of the church. Another way God uses visions and pictures is by giving you an image of something to encourage or affirm someone. It quite often happens to me when I'm praying for someone that I will get a picture in my mind of something. And it doesn't mean anything to me, but I share it with the person that I'm praying for to see if it means something to them. Last time we went to Soul Survivor, I was praying for a young lady who I didn't know that well. But she looked upset and I felt to go and pray for her. As I was praying, I had a picture of her standing at the top of a mountain and she was celebrating her great achievement at reaching the top. So I said to her, I think God has given me a picture for you, here's what I saw. Does it mean anything to you? So without me going into detail, she explained that she had been really struggling with something and she was about to give up, but this gave her the encouragement she needed to keep going knowing that she would conquer her mountain and be celebrating when she reached the top. And that then gave me an insight into how I could pray for her. And so we prayed together again. Although God does speak to me in pictures, he will usually speak to me in words, which is why I find journaling so useful as I mentioned before. However, there've also been a couple of occasions when I've been speaking in the spirit, speaking in tongues, and I've had a single word given to me A word that I didn't recognize. That might sound strange because God was giving me a whole bunch of words that I didn't know while speaking in tongues. But on this occasion the word stuck out and felt awkward and didn't fit into the flow of what I was speaking. It was the word Korah and it didn't mean anything to me. So I looked it up and there is a story of Korah in the Bible. His story can be found in Numbers, chapter 16. So it's the story of a man who caused a rebellion against Moses while they were in the desert. And to cut a long story short, in the end, God caused the ground to open up and Korah and his followers were swallowed up and the earth then closed over them. Now at that time, I was facing opposition. And whilst that person didn't get swallowed up into the ground, the situation was soon resolved and the opposition was gone. So God was giving me encouragement that he saw my situation and that he was going to step in and sort it out for me. And that is exactly what happened. In the same way, God might also give you a word or a phrase to speak out to somebody else. It might mean nothing at all to you, but it means something to them and they can usually interpret what God is saying to them. If they're willing to share this with you, you can pray together to gain further revelation and ask God to help this person apply it to their lives. God might also give you a feeling or an emotion that you know isn't yours, or he might give you a revelation of knowledge that you didn't have before. In this case, God will often use this to enable you to reach out to someone else to draw them closer to God. We see an example of this in John chapter four, when Jesus talked to the Samaritan woman and they met at a well. So reading from verse 16, it says, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. And then if we skip to verse 28. So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. So we see here that Jesus is given knowledge about this woman and he knows things about her that he couldn't possibly have known without a revelation from God. This knowledge was then shared with her and she saw Jesus as the Christ. It revealed Jesus to her as she was so amazed by his knowledge. In the same way, God can give us knowledge about another person in in that way. And if we carefully share that insight with love and humility, then it allows God to open their eyes to him and draw them closer to him. So God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit through the Bible, through pictures and dreams, and through words of knowledge. Very, very occasionally, God will speak with an audible voice, but this is rare and unusual. However, it has happened here in this very building. Before lockdown, we used to hold encounter evenings, where we wouldn't have any agenda other than to sit in the presence of God and see what he would say to us. We had a time of worship and there was always space for people to come forward and share what God was saying and also time for people to receive prayer. Sharon came to one of these evenings and she was sensing God's presence and feeling that stillness that I talked about earlier. She had her eyes closed in an attitude of prayer and then she heard a male voice say, Sharon. She opened her eyes expecting to see John right next to her as she thought he'd spoken her name, but he was at the far side of the room. And she knew then that she had heard the audible voice of God. It didn't break the peace that she felt, but rather it contributed to it. It caught her attention to focus even more deeply on God and what he would say to her that night. That's so amazing. However, most of the time, hearing the voice of God can be just like hearing your own internal dialogue, as I said before, when using the example of journaling. And this can happen any time of day or night. I remember a few months ago, I woke up about 3.30am and there wasn't a child poking me or climbing into bed next to me. So it felt weird that I was so awake. I tried to go back to sleep, but I just felt too awake. So I said to God, have you woken me for a reason? And I heard in my mind, text Deborah. So I said back, but God, it's 3.30 in the morning. I'm not sure she'll really appreciate a text right now. Shouldn't I do it in the morning? Then I heard again, text Deborah. Okay, so I grabbed my phone and started typing. I said, hi, sorry for the ungodly hour. I just felt to pray for you and check in that you're okay. I hesitated a bit before pressing send, but I felt the nudge again to do it. A few minutes later, I got a response that said, I am awake and I'm feeling anxious. So prayers would be great. I'm not sleeping well at all. Wow, okay, so maybe God was right. I replied, okay, I'm praying for God's peace to take over. And for rest for you he's thinking of you enough to wake me up to pray for you then i felt to send her philippians chapter 4 verses 6 to 7 from the message version which says don't fret or worry instead of worrying pray let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers letting god know your concerns before you know it a sense of god's wholeness Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the centre of your life. And I was then able to spend some time in prayer, calling out to God on Deborah's behalf and asking that God send his peace. And Deborah explained to me the next day that she'd been stuck in a terrible recurring nightmare and she was trying to escape this overwhelming anxiety. She had found the whole thing very upsetting. And so a message from God was just what she needed to break away from it and be at peace again. And this is what prophecy is all about. It's to build up, encourage and comfort the church. And it's also worth noting again how God uses the Bible to encourage and build up others. Sending a Bible verse to someone is just as powerful as sharing a picture you've seen or a word that you have heard, you have heard, you have heard. So, how does prophecy work? When we first receive a prophecy or a message from God, there are a few things that we need to consider. In the book Everyday Supernatural, Mike and Andy call this revelation interpretation and application so just as we are coming to a close let's have a quick look at what each of those means so revelation is the initial moment when god speaks we've looked at the different ways god does this but this is the message itself let's take the example of the picture that i had for the young girl at soul survivor i saw her standing on a mountaintop and she was clearly celebrating That was the revelation God gave to me. And then comes interpretation. And this is where we start to ask questions about the revelation we've been given. We might want to ask God, what are you saying here? What does this mean? And God might then reveal more to you about it. He sometimes gives us little pieces of information at a time because as we said from the start, God wants to be in relationship with us. He wants us to lean on Him and to figure it out a bit more. We also need to ask God who it's for and if we should share it. Sometimes God might give you insight into something that's to help you know best how to pray for that person or situation. So we need to ask the question Is this something I need to share? And if so, when is the best time to share it with that person? Is it for now or is it for the future? When I had the picture of the mountaintop, I knew it was for her and I knew it was for now. I sensed it was a picture of hope and encouragement, so I shared it with her. Then next comes application. This is where we put into practice what God has said through the prophecy or message that he has given. It's so important to stress again that it must line up with the Bible. It's the responsibility of both the one giving the message and the one receiving the message, to pray about it and check that it lines up with the character of God and what we know about him through the Bible. If we are the one giving the message, we need to be humble in our delivery. We need to say that this could be a message from God, but that they should also pray about it and ask God for insight into how to apply it. And if it involves something sensitive, we need to approach the subject with love and grace. We also need to know that our role is just that of messenger. It's not our duty or responsibility to enforce the message that's been given. That is between God and the hearer. When I gave the picture to the young person at Soul Survivor, I left it with her. I didn't go chasing it up later to ask if she'd managed to conquer her mountain yet. We are to build people up and encourage them on the journey not chase people up to make sure that they are doing what we believe God has told them to do. And my final thought is one from my sisters, who say, don't prophesy mates, dates or babies. You know, it can really mess with people's minds to give them a message that says anything about a future spouse, about time frames or about having children. I would suggest that if you hear something like that from God, then pray about it on behalf of that person rather than sharing it with them or ask someone you trust for advice. So, with all of this in mind, I would really encourage you to spend some time this week finding that stillness, seeking God and seeing what he would would say to you. Then take a step of faith and with love and humility give God's messages to his people for building up encouragement, and comfort. Let's pray. Thank you, God, that you love us and that you want to be in relationship with us. Thank you that you want to speak to us and share what is on your heart. And I now pray for every person listening that you would begin to speak to them. Give us visions and dreams, words of knowledge. Give us wisdom in how we give your message to others and may we do everything with love as our motivation and lord god we ask that everything we do would ultimately glorify you and lift your name high above all 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 other names i'm going to start again (laughs) let's pray Thank you God that you love us and that you want to be in relationship with us. Thank you that you want to speak to us and share what is on your heart. And I now pray for every person listening that you would begin to speak to them. I ask that you would give us visions and dreams and words of knowledge. Please give us wisdom in how we give your message to others and may we do everything with love as our motivation. And Lord God, we ask that everything we do would ultimately glorify you and lift your name high above all other names. May everything we say point people to you and to your love for them. In Jesus' name, Amen.